What the hell is the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello again, everybody, and welcome into what, until further notice, is upon further review. It is the college version of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day DFW's podcast. I'm Evan Grant, along with... Kevin Sherrington. And over here with stale cookies. At last and certainly least, Barry Horn. And our guest today is noted college football expert, uh, Corby Davidson of KTCK, The Ticket. Corby, are you there? Noted. Yes, I like that. I don't know who noted it, but you... you I don't either. You certainly talk enthusiastically on the radio about it. <laughs> I like it a lot. How about that? That that works for me. And you also, you know what you also like? You like Oklahoma. And uh, it appears that the college football uh, playoff committee starting to like Oklahoma as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're the first in. And I think everybody would be one trillion percent shocked if, uh, if that wasn't the case. I don't know what scenario would, would um, unfold to, to keep them out of it. I mean, they're... They're sitting back pretty, and I read this morning that uh, Stoops and company traveled to Houston on a recruiting visit, so as everybody's preparing for their conference championship game, they're already getting a head start on recruiting. So it's uh, it's a pretty big win-win week for them right now. Yeah, I do think that, that they are the first in. There's 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 no way they can be knocked out. No. Uh, I don't know that I'd say that. You I can't ever tell. When, if everything starts tumbling around, you know, if, if somebody loses. I, I do think they're in. I think, the, to me, the first in was the Big Ten winner. It, it doesn't really matter if you're first in, second in, third in, or fourth in. It really doesn't, Evan. Don't make that face. Uh, well, it could matter. I, ultimately, it, ma- it could end up mattering for seeding. Not I if, mean, well, if you, could, if you have to, if the object is to win the national championship, you have to win two games. That's true. Thank you, Barry. And I, I'm not sure right now that there is a uh, a favorite. I don't. You know, you watch these games. I can't tell that. Uh, you know, uh, of course, Ohio State surprised everybody last year when they came in and just wiped up right. the the field. But uh, I don't. I don't see a team like that. And they were year. the fourth seed, right? Yes, they uh, were the fourth. Yes, seed. but were. Corby, here's you watched all of Bedlam, and I, I did too. Um, can you make a case right now that Oklahoma is the best team in the country? Uh, right now, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm I'm not sold that there is any superpower out there. Um, you know, one dominating team. Uh, you know, Alabama's just got the, the the pedigree more than anything else. But I don't think this is an overly exceptional year for them. If you want to base it on the on the past saving teams, nothing really sticks out to me outside of Henry, and they typically do have the the big bruising running back in there. So I'm not o- overwhelmed by by Derrick Henry, although he's a great player. Um, but yeah, for sure, I think Oklahoma. If you look at them. Uh, offensively with the way their quarterback's playing and and uh, the the lack of turnovers and uh, the amount of touchdowns and big plays. And then you add in those two running backs, which, you know, I think you got to go back about three decades for Oklahoma to find um, a running back tandem that, that uh, matches up with Mixon and Pirine. And then de- defensively, they're really solid. They have athletes all over the field, you know, Stryker and Tapper, and, and uh, they got great cornerbacks, and which is why their stats have looked so good against some of these big 12 Star Wars offenses. So, could, yeah, there's an, they, there's no doubt in my mind you could make the case that they're the best team in the country. Right? Could, we say, could, that, we say, could we say the least impressive team of the four would be the only undefeated team of the, the would be the remaining undefeated team, Clemson? Well, oh, yeah, I, I yeah, was undefeated. I was, was going to lose. Next. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I've been saying that for, I thought I would lose this week. I, I mean, I'm just waiting for them to lose. I, you know, it's weird, and maybe maybe we're all selling them a little bit short, but I just, I'm just so not a believer of them. Clemson, though, um, I am a little bit more than, than Iowa, but, you know, it's just a weaker conference and a, and a, a pretty bad division they play in, so... I'm not overly sold on them, but they are undefeated, so you got to give them their due for that. Deshaun Watson's pretty good. Uh, I, I do yeah, think yeah. that Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson are the two best quarterbacks in this uh, in the field right now. Although, although Watson and all of Clemson played incredibly tight against a very bad South Carolina team on Saturday, and, and then, but that's a rivalry and game. I, I give North Carolina, I give North Carolina a legitimate shot in that ACC championship game. Yeah, North I, Carolina's playing good. Football all right, so right let's now. let's say you're right, Corby. Who who would be the who would be the fourth team then if Clemson loses? Let, let's let's say that Alabama's a given. There's no way they lose to Florida. Oklahoma. Oklahoma's in. The winner of the Big Ten is in. Right. Who becomes the fourth team, Corey? Oh man, I, that's like uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know who they throw in there. I mean, do you throw in a Ohio State? You throw in a team that's yes. Um, I mean, I think you kind of you have to look at what they did last week. Is pretty impressive. Where the hell's that been though? Where where's that been all year? Because I think it's a team full of superstars. I think they have too many stars. And, I think you're right, Kevin. It's and, like sports. They uh, Staff. Yeah, that's what the problem is here. It's been this problem for 30 years. Yeah, no, I, I think exactly what it is. I, I think it'll be – I don't think it's any question in my mind it's Ohio State because there are such a lack of other contenders, and Ohio State really is that good, and they haven't played well all but year. But you'd have, an, you'd have an, a 12-win North Carolina team with that 13th data point that we like to, that we like to point out as a champion. You'd also have a two-loss Pac-12 team potentially in Stanford – that would have beaten Notre Dame and USC in back-to-back weeks, and Ohio State sitting there not even a conference champion. See, and I thought championships at, matter. Let Corby you, speak. You know, you look at uh, yeah, you look at what uh, the the committee thinks about the conference champions, and it does hold a, a lot of sway. And so I think if Stanford does win this weekend, um, and and that's another thing they don't care about losses. It seems like I mean, clearly, if you have three or four losses, you're out of it. But They've been willing to put teams that have one loss ahead of teams that are undefeated. Now are you willing to put a two-loss team ahead of a one-loss team that's a conference champion as well? And, you know, when you look at the Ohio State resume, they've beaten one team. And that one team probably could have a loss to Minnesota, could have a loss to Indiana. And so, you know, even though Ohio State played great last week, that's it. That's their one really good game of the year. Stanford's got a pretty good resume. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, they play the conference championship card, and and, um, and if that happens, if that scenario presents itself and they bump them up there, I'd be fine with it. I, I got a problem with – listen, all along we talked about in the bowl situation, and the reason why we went to this uh, playoff is because when when a BYU in 19 was 83 or 84, 84. I wasn't 84, born yet. I don't when, know. when they were undefeated. And, and uh, you know, so it was a big, you know, concern about that and who they're playing. And, and in my thinking, you know, what difference is there between a one-loss team and an undefeated team? I, I don't see that difference. If you're, if you're playing a, a, a better schedule, a tougher schedule, and you win undefeated, like North Carolina, they, they're playing well, but, the, but it's, it's not a great schedule they're playing, right? It's a con- right. But th- they will be a conference champion in one of the five – Power conference. I get that. I get the whole with the twelfth win. I get the whole conference championship thing. But but you you know then if you're if you're going to do that then just make it that. That's what Gary Patterson says. Let's just let's take the five you know uh, conference champions and then then add one at large team and boom there's your playoff. That's a pretty good idea. What about we haven't mentioned the team in the uh, state of Texas with one loss. What what do you think about them? Um, Houston. Uh, oh, Houston. Yeah. 
God, you made me think. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I think Barry was talking about Baylor. No, <laughs> no, no. I was talking about Houston, which, which remarkably, the coach may be coming back. He's got to go, doesn't he? Does Herman have to go? Herman? Yeah. No. Well, no. Oh, I mean, he's got to go because there's going to be greener pastures somewhere. Yes, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Think, and he's hot now, and you got to go when you're hot. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would if I were him, but, I mean, it sounds like they're getting some sort of deal worked out. It's almost like he's – if we're assuming that Charlie Strong's going to keep his job this year, maybe he's waiting one more year for that thing to open up. What, um, I think that's why Tom – I think that's why Herman came to Texas. That's the same reason Chad Morris came. The, the deal was that Tom Herman picked the right school and, and Chad Morris didn't. Well, but but he's hot. He's never going to be hotter than he is now. No, he's not. So but, but what the, have we learned? It's when you're like, hot, you got to go. But it's not like he came out of nowhere. He was the offensive coordinator on the national championship team. I think you can look at the offense of Ohio State this year and say the difference is is that Tom Herman was not here to run it. Correct. So that's so, even better. He's even hotter. It is. That, but they, people will remember that. If, he, if next year he goes 6-5, and five, he's still going to be a hot. I don't think so. You know, uh, There'll I, be somebody I, else out there. I, I, think that, I think he will go. I don't think he's going to stay there at Houston. I don't know why he would. All right, this brings, me, this brings up a question. Well, who is the best team in Texas this year? Is it Houston? No, 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 I mean you gotta you gotta you gotta factor in TCU and Baylor and, and injuries. Yeah, I mean, yeah. right now at this very moment, um, TCU's. I think they're the best team, even with a, a hobbled Boykin and, and Dotson out, and hopefully by whatever bowl they play in, that those two guys are are um, you know. Right, what, what's the deal with Dotson? Is he there's a possibility. Back at all? Yeah, there's a possibility he comes back for the bowl game. That's what they're they're holding out hope for that. Well, I still got to put them up front. If if you're looking at a third string quarterback for Baylor, and I think Texas may give them fits this weekend with that kid playing quarterback too. So let's say that uh, in the, so I'm watching that game the other day. I'm at in Fort Worth uh, in, in the rain. Fort you State. weren't watching that game because all you saw was rain. <laughs> it was a little hard to see. We needed windshield wipers, they have on, windshield the wipers on the press box. Windshield wipers in the press box. You couldn't you couldn't watch it on TV because the the lenses were covered with rain. Uh, it it was, should have been snow. It would have been unbelievable. Uh, it was pretty bad. Pretty bad weather. But here was the thing I was thinking that uh, obviously Baylor people are going to say and rightfully so we're down to our third string quarterback here this this kid can't you know he, he's a former wide receiver you know he's not ready to play quarterback even though he played well the week before he was not ready for that situation but you could also say the same thing on the on the tcu side and that that boykin's ankle clearly still bothered him he clear, he couldn't run at all uh he was he was a non-factor as a running quarterback and and it seemed to affect him a little bit on his throw and was not as good and of course the conditions were the same let me ask you this corby if if uh, Boykin's perfectly healthy, and if Seth Russell is still the quarterback, who wins that game between TCU and Baylor? Mm, you know, I, I would still I would give the nod to TCU just because they're at home. Man, I, this is it's such a weird rivalry. It, to me, it's the best rivalry in football right now. Like I, I know that Ohio State, Michigan's on the on the way back up with um, with the, the coaches they have now, and OU Texas is what it is, and you, know, you make case for three or four other teams, but. But you I say two it. private Christian schools in Texas is the best rivalry Dude, in football? Okay, all right. So first off, you have to have really good teams, I think, for a, a rivalry to be legit. I mean, look, you know, TCU and SMU are a rival, but who gives a damn? Well, let, um, me, let me ask you this. What about the rivalry in the state of Oklahoma? Is that even a rivalry? No, nah, okay, I'll, I'll give you a funny stat. Um, yeah, it is. It is because, you know, with what Gundy's done, and, and the games have been so crazy in the past decade, um, it, it, it is a rivalry now, but I saw this stat and I was absolutely floored. So Oklahoma State was going for its 19th victory in the rivalry. Oklahoma got their 19th victory in that rivalry in 1935. 
So that's, wow. not, a, that's not a rivalry but, is what you're saying. No. I mean, it's, it's like 88 to 18 or, or something crazy like that. So, but I, I do think TCU and Baylor, as good as they are, you have, to have, you have to be good. You have to have um, history. And they have the, the four-year history where bad things have happened, whether it's illegal hits or coaches jawing or students yapping or painting the other team's you know, campuses. Or, it's all happened. And there is hate, such hate between that, those, those two coaches, between the fan base, between those players. And that's how it all starts. You know, you look back at those Texas coaches do hate A&M. each other. Let's, they yeah. do. We Dude, we, they, we can't let that one go. I think it's more on the on the TCU side than it is on the Baylor side. No, I, oh, I don't oh, know Kevin, about that, no, Kevin. No, no, no. I don't think Art Browse. Listen, I, I, Gary Patterson hates Baylor. Hates Art Browse. I think Art Browse. He, he doesn't. He doesn't like. But what about uh, the TCU. fan bases? The fan bases. Oh, the, the, the fan base. There's no question about that. They feel that way. Well, I tell you what. Now, after what happened after the game, and you know, Bryles fearing for his own life and, and um, with the students running up to him and all. That happened to Patterson last year, too. I, right. I read one of you guys write that. Um, I think but, it was Kevin yeah. Sherrington. Maybe we should get him a bigger byline on the web. Do something. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no question. That's what everybody was saying after that game. Of course, you know, it's all a mess on deadline. But you're you can't tell exactly what's going on and and what the TCU player is. Is he talking to to Bryles coming off the field, or is he just yelling at somebody else? And Bryles happened to walk through the conversation. Everybody forgets the fact that that Gary Patterson, as he was going to talk to Art Bryles at Enfield last year, uh, a Baylor player did come up to him and and in Gary's words, he threatened me. Uh, he wouldn't yeah. tell us what he said, but he said, "Yeah, he threatened him." And and I think I think there is something to that because I, I'm watching that whole thing unfold last year. And at one point, uh, uh, Phil Bennett, the defensive coordinator for Baylor, who's who's friends with Gary, was walking up to talk to him, sees the player, and waves him off with with his hand, kind of like, "Hey, get out of here!" You know. So there was something going on there. Let me but, put it this way: next going into next year, I don't know where these two teams will be. I don't know if Seth Russell's going to be right ever. You know, again, I don't know. Um, what, what Stidham's going to be. I don't know if, where Kenny Hill will be at the point of, of those two teams playing, but if you give me one game, if I'm gone all season long, but I get to pick one game to watch in, in conference next year, it's not Oklahoma-Texas, it's not Oklahoma-Baylor, it's not uh, well, Texas, Texas Tech, whatever. It's TCU and Baylor. That's the game I'm picking out of every game in the Big 12 if I get one shot next year. When you go to the Oklahoma-Texas game next year, who's going to be on the Texas sideline coaching? Man, I... I I was talking about this the other day um, to one of my buddies. I can't imagine they keep strong if they lose this game this weekend. I just, I, and I know all this, the the rhetoric has been, oh yeah, he's going to be here, he's going to be here, he's going to be here. But we've heard that a million times from whether it's pro teams or college teams giving guys this this um, this thinly veiled uh, support. I you got, I, I just don't see it. I don't know who the coach is going to be if it's not him, but I, I cannot imagine two seasons like that in a row, and I know it's his first two seasons, still keeping the guy with that little progress, defensively, offensively, whatever the case. I, I wouldn't. If I'm, if I'm a fan of Texas right now and um, I, they're in this situation, I, I, I'm, I want him out. And I was a guy that was pushing for Strong to be hired. And I, I, I was a guy who was in favor of Strong to be hired too, and I, I feel like after two years you can't – you haven't even had one recruiting class that, that's really had a chance to make an impact. Kevin, no. what – Kevin, uh, I, my, my impression on this whole thing with him is that, first of all, you got a president, Greg Finvis, and you got a, an interim athletic director, Mike Perrin, who are not inclined to fire the guy at all. I think they, they are both solidly in his camp. Now, that does not mean that that won't change. We, first of all, you got to hire an athletic director. Uh, and, and are you going to let the new athletic director make that decision? 
probably, and I don't, and I think they're probably a long ways away from hiring an athletic director at this point. I haven't heard anything about them hiring anybody. And do you want to destroy another recruit, uh, your next recruiting cl- class, which is not going really well for Texas at this point? I will say. Well, let's talk about great recruiting classes. Who has great recruiting classes every year in the state of Texas and has had is woefully underachieved? Kevin Sumlin. Correct. That is right. And and so uh, I, I think that what's probably going to you have an interesting set of dynamics here with all of this. You got the TCU and Baylor clearly on the rise. It's, and I don't follow recruiting a whole lot because I hate all that stuff. But, but you, TCU is, is apparently uh, just signed somebody who's considered one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Uh, and yeah. so, so you get you – get TCU and Baylor just keep getting better. You, you, you could say in the past, in the, in the you know, 40 years I've been around college sports, that uh, you could – It's a little, little more than that, Kevin. Well, those, well I'm talking about as a professional. <laughs> uh, you could talk about teams going through cycles. And you see, okay, you see teams – and especially with the smaller schools. Uh, you know, there were times when Baylor was good in the past. Grant Taft would always ratchet them up, you know, every four years, and they'd be pretty good. You know, and then they go back to being what they were before. They're not going back anymore. And in my my point is is that that this state, as great as it is in high school football, cannot sustain four top ten teams. You know, it, it can barely sustain one or two. Well, but don't, not only that, as as Corby will tell us, Oklahoma State absolutely is, is another school, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma. well, Alabama. You know, now because of A and M going to the SEC, now you get all these Alabama, uh, all these SEC schools coming in and recruiting in here and 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 taking top talent. So it's very difficult. So that's why it's incumbent upon A and M and Texas both to get this thing turned around. You know. Kevin, as you pointed out, Kevin Summons having great recruiting classes. He's getting all, he's, the last Kyle Allen and, and Kyler Murray were two of the top quarterbacks in the country. And what's happened with those guys? Nothing. You know, no development. They can't, well, they can't decide on a starting quarterback. Well, they can. they've decided now, but but here's going to be the deal. How how long do you think Kyler Murray's going to stay? They've decided now, but how long is that going to last? Well, that's, that's true. Because I tell you right now, if Kyle Allen is the starting quarterback in the la, you know uh, in their bowl game, Kyler Murray's gone. I, 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 I someone doesn't have the. I don't think they have the balls to carry off the field in that game if he's healthy. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I would put him in there and wouldn't worry about results or anything like that. But I, I, if I'm risking losing that kid without really knowing what he's capable of, I'm putting him in there and then no questions asked, and I'm letting him play if it's sixty to nothing. Um, you know, whoever they're playing, but, but um, is beating him. Corby, we're going to get into the since Barry touched on this, and we're going to get into this a little bit after after we let you go. But I I do need your take on this. You know, we just saw the whole brouhaha with whether or not LSU was going to keep Les Miles, and I think mm-hmm. based on the recruiting class that they're expecting, that they made a decision that they would end up keeping him. We just saw Mark Rick fired after back to back nine win seasons. Someone has a losing record the last three years in the SEC. He has mm-hmm. not won an SEC West. He's one and eight in the last three years against the big three in the West. When is he gonna be on the hot seat? Is it does it happen next year? Yeah, yeah. I think next year is uh the year that people start squawking about it, which is so funny. I mean, like that guy could do no wrong just because he inherited one of the all time great college players, you know, that we'll ever, ever see in Manzel and got lucky with that and now it's it, I don't know. I think that the A&M people are still in support of him, but at the same time, it's a really strange scenario and a really strange vibe down there. He's already burned the, the one coordinator chit where he's, he's um, you know, okay, we, we, we couldn't play defense. Let's go out and get us a big name, and, and, uh, and, and now it looks like on the offensive side of the ball, Spavadol is going to be gone. So, you, you know, within a span of three years after you were on top of the mountain, um, and you had Mike Evans too, that didn't hurt, no. and, and three first-round draft picks on the offensive line. 
But where's Mike Sherman? Where's the love for Mike Sherman and all this, right? That guy freaking made Kevin Sumlin probably what he is today. Those, um, yeah, the offensive line. Tom Rossley, uh, I, I believe, was the key to bringing Johnny Manziel in. Yes, he was. Yeah. And I think the, the, the key is here that, that Texas— I thought you were the one who was touting that Mike Sherman should end up as the offensive coordinator at Texas. That's correct. My, uh, Charlie Strong should yeah, go out and hire— you were touting Steve Spurrier, weren't you? Hey, no, yeah. that was Kirk Bowles. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think there's no question what you say is right. And, uh, and, and you know, uh, uh, Kevin Sumlin also inherited a quarterback at Houston uh, that was not his, Case yeah. Keenum. Uh, you know, in the, the one year that Case Keenum was not available to play at, at Houston, uh, the Cougars went 5-7. and seven. Uh, So, uh, you know, we we're still waiting to see what Kevin Sumlin can do with his own quarterback, uh, not somebody else's. Man, this would be the biggest gut punch to the Aggies and the Aggie fan base if in fact, they do the same thing next year and go, you know, whatever, seven, four, and four, four eight, five, five, and three, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they have to get rid of that guy and start over after all <sighs> the chest thumping and, and, you know, all that went on from them going to the SEC and we're on the rise and this and that and Texas done and Oklahoma's done and yada, and then suddenly they're starting from scratch with a new stadium and, uh, and everything else going on there. It would just be the ultimate gut punch. Absolutely, absolutely, Corby. This we got to. You've got to admit this has been some of the best college football talk you've had all year. I would say I would rank this in my top twenty for sure. Top twenty. <laughs> hey, what does it feel like to be on with with three vibrant young men instead of the guy you're on with all the time? I I will say this. This has been very spirited, and I don't get a lot of spirit when I'm uh, when I'm when I'm oh. trying to engage the, the 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 guy that I talk to typically. So yeah, this was a. Uh, this was nice. Anytime, fellas. Anytime you guys want to do this, I'm game. Thanks oh, for coming on, Corby. Don't worry about it. that, Corby. With our with our big payroll for guests, we'll be coming right back to you again. My trip to Tahiti is is in the mail, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again, Corby. You can go, but Evan has to go with you. <laughs> awesome. Only a Buffett goes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that'll be good. It'll be great on the beach there. Me and you in a beachside bungalow. All right, boys. All right, Corby. Take care. Take care. We'll see you. But we're not going away yet. No. Uh, here's here's the thing I want to uh, – we, we need to continue to talk about this A&M thing because when, when Corby brought up the point of what the feelings are, I, I, I know wanna, for a fact – Before we get to A&M, I want to go back to the point you made on Texas, and that is you're not going to hire an AD in the next two weeks. No, you're not. You can't destroy a recruiting class. You, 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 you're you going to – Oh, Georgia just did. So <laughs> Well, that, that's true. But, but you, if you're going to do it, you can do it now. You're not right. going to do it in January. And, and if, you're gonna, if you're not going to hire an AD in the next two weeks and you're not going to be able to then get a search firm going, you're going to be – as, as good a job as Texas is, Georgia, South Carolina, Missouri, they're all, Maryland, they're all going to fill up right. long before Texas acts, right. and then you're going to be stuck with – fifth or sixth choice right i think at this point what you let uh, charlie do you let him go out and hire an offensive coordinator uh and and let him get the guy he wants uh and and i think that that'll, that'll be good and and i'm and i'm serious about the mike sherman thing if i could get mike sherman to come back from that, that high school in uh in massachusetts where i think they won one game this year uh, no reflection on mike i don't think but but all the things that corby brought up are, are right if he had not been there they would have gone winless that's right they'll be they'll they'll be back They'll be battling A and M for an offensive coordinator. Won't, coordinator uh, won't yes, they? they will. Yes, they will. And I don't think I don't think Mike's going to go back to A and M. No, no, to no. do that. But but I tell you what. Now the, the guy knows offensive talent. He he knows offensive linemen. <laughs> Just what uh, Corby said. Look at all the guys he brought in to play the offensive line. Which is a problem at A and M now. The offensive line is absolutely not very. good. It's not very good. And that's the thing about you know uh, think about Kevin Sumlin. Uh, what I want to bring up too is that first of all there are people unhappy. 
at A&M. A lot of people unhappy. That is not something where they're just going, oh, okay, this is uh, we're just struggling a little bit. There is major unrest about what's going on in A&M right now. What are you hearing? Well, we're just hearing that 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 people, at the very least, he's going to have to people or boosters. Because let's make let's face facts. Uh, oh, no, people no, don't matter. No, no, no. There there are boosters that there are All boosters people that are matter of him. There are, there are major boosters. I'm very unhappy with the situation as it is. In what regard? Well, they, they they feel like they, that there's been no progress made, you know. Here, you know, and and I I hate to, to bring this up, but I think most of us wrote, oh, uh, most of well, everybody in college, everybody said when when AM went to the SEC, hey, go. We get why you want to go. You want to get away from Texas. You want to go to this great conference. It'll be great for recruiting and all of that. But you're going to go over there and you're going to be in the middle of the pack. Okay, but they went six and two that first year, right? And with with Johnny there, right? Okay, they went six and two in the conference. Had they gone four and four their first year in the conference, and followed that up with four and fours and five and threes and four and fours, would the viewpoint be any different? Yeah, it might be a little. But here's the thing that oh, I, that, yeah. I, that I bring up to them is that what if you stayed in the Big Twelve? I'm saying if you'd had Johnny Manziel playing in the Big Twelve, you'd have played for a national championship, at least one. You know, you know they they would have gone right through the Big Twelve in, in those in those first couple of years. No, no. That, 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 that they, first year, the second year, they were they were an inconsistent team. They were, but that, but the first year they were were, were they were great. They, they were a- steamroller. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And you would have played for a national. So, is it really worth giving up that shot in a national championship to be in the SEC? They're all going to say, absolutely. We love being in the SEC. But you, listen, and you know me, I'm the designated SEC guy here. I, I love the conference. I love having them in the conference. But my question still is. Being part of the SEC, is that going to outweigh being an elite team in the Big 12? Because they're, they're finding out right now that Alabama, Alabama, Auburn's down this year. Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Mississippi and Mississippi State now are two programs that are on the rise. And Unless, of course, Mullen leaves Mississippi State. Those are two programs that are on the rise. Now you're looking, you know, where's your weak, where's your weak sister in the SEC West? Well, not only that, but let's let's take a step back, because we all just want to assume that the the Big Twelve sucks and that the, the SEC is great, right? Could could A and M have beaten TCU and and Baylor this year? No, no, I don't think so either. No, I don't think. Uh, could they have beaten Oklahoma this year? But they could beat no. Texas. Well, Texas. Well, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Yeah. But, they could beat Texas hey, yes, this year. They could have beaten Oklahoma because Texas beat Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that we didn't ask Corby that question. What in the world happened to Oklahoma? I'd but, like to. Nobody but that's, knows. The question is, if they had stayed in the Big Twelve, A and M would be playing Texas this year, and even with a. Eight and four record. If they beat Texas at the end of the year, it's a good year for a Well, no? yes, but th- then they would have beaten Texas, who would beat Oklahoma too. So, or if they would have won, you don't right. know. You don't know what team would have showed up for a And M. I think you know. This reminds me of, of the last year of last years of uh, the previous coach, uh, Mac Brown. Brown. Yeah, at, uh, at at Texas when he had all those great recruiting classes, and it, it never panned out. Uh, you know, he didn't have well. He didn't have very many great recruiting classes at the end, and that's no. why Charlie Strong's playing with the team he's playing with now. I, I do think that uh, it's an interesting uh, combination. The fact that, it, that usually it had been traditionally it had been not so much at A and M because they weren't as competitive as Texas has year after year. But you know, these two big programs got to get everything right, and because you know, if one's up, the other one's down. That's usually how it works. Well, now you factor in TCU and Baylor, and they're both up. So they're both up, and they're still recruiting. They're not only recruiting well, they're recruiting better than they've well, been. And all the schools from the surrounding states right. are coming into Texas more and more and taking the top. Well, you, top you, of and Texas you have the danger, for, if you're Texas or, or Texas a the national champion could be playing 
you know, 100 miles up, up right. the road in right. Oklahoma. What is that going to do to their recruiting class? I think, I think the whole point about, you know, as I said about Charlie Strong, I think he's back next year just because of all the circumstances that are, that are on, on the table here. But I, I think that it'll be a, a, a shorter trigger or faster trigger, quicker trigger with everybody now. Uh, than it was before, and I, absolutely, and I and I think that we saw that with Mark Rick. You know, nine and three is not good enough anymore. You you you've got to you, you, we've got to be in contention, especially in the nine and the three. East. Nine and three, and with what everybody says, is also a good and decent man running that program. I mean, let's let's not let's not forget that supposedly part of the mission oh, of a college football no. coach, Evan, is the, Evan, no, what? Just win, baby. That's it. Don't 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 tell me about good men. That's what it is. But just win at seventy three percent of the time. That's just winning a lot. But it's not enough, right? You didn't beat Alabama. You didn't beat Florida, and you didn't beat Alabama. Yeah, that's the story. That's the bottom line. And that's those are the expectations that A and M fans are going to have too. You don't win those SEC West games. You don't play for an SEC championship. You're not successful. And I I, I will say this too. Uh, It's not just that. It's the fact that that look, all of these coaches have something going for them, right? Gary Patterson, great defensive coach. Art Briles, great offensive coach. You know, and they and they get somebody to help them on the other side of the ball. Where's Kevin Sumlin's expertise? The he's, thing, he's supposed to be the, the offensive, offensive coach. guru. He's genius. supposed to be, yeah. right? The and, indecision and at quarterback for Texas A&M since Manziel left has been – Perhaps the most perplexing, disappointing can you, thing. Can you recruit too many good quarterbacks? Is is that what is that is that what's happened? I don't think you can recruit too many good quarterbacks, but you can try and play too many good quarterbacks. Play pick well, one, if you, you, play one and stick. How with do it. you get good quarterbacks to come to your program? You don't say come here and sit on the bench. Right. You'll come here and start. We're we're built. You know what did he say to Mur- to Murray? What did he say to Allen? He he said you come here and you're going to play. He didn't say you're going to come here and, right. and fight for a job. He said you're going to come here. and How play. many starts did Kenny Hill get? Uh, was it four? Was it four, four or five? The, what uh, if he turns into a, a, a stud quarterback? What if he turns into Baker Mayfield? What? Yeah, yeah. We could we, we could talk about that too. But I don't want to get yeah. those Texas Tech fans right. All right, we now. have to go because Brian is really getting. He's up yawning. There. He's mad. He's, he's eating he's, M&M. he's Turned red. Very quickly. Prediction on Baylor Texas. Oh Baylor! Come on. How bad? Uh, Baylor by thirty. Barry, I'll say Baylor by forty. I'm gonna say Baylor by. 45. But you know, but you know what we'll be watching on the Longhorn Network all week, 2005. You got it, the national championship game. All right, uh, Brian, can we leave now? All right, boys, we'll uh, we'll talk next week. Bye.